Amen. We'll turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. And I'm continuing our series here. We'll see how long we'll go. Uh, the Gray Zone, this is the fifth week, and I subtitled this, Stand Your Ground. And uh, I'm going to have this as a continuation message, uh, even into next week. And, uh, and I want to talk about the cancel culture. How many have ever heard that term? That's big. That's going on. And I want to address it from a biblical standpoint. So you don't want to miss that uh, uh, in these next few weeks. Uh, when I talk about standing your ground, uh, some people think that the Christian life uh, is, is, not, is one of love, joy, peace, and happiness. Come on, somebody. Uh, in the 80s, when I came to Christ, that was a lot that was taught, especially 70s, that come to Jesus, he'll give you love, joy, peace, happiness, in a new Cadillac. Some of you think, I don't want a Cadillac. That's expensive parts on that one. <laughs> but, but, you know, and so you come into Christ with these reasons. Uh, uh, but really, the truth of the matter is he's God. We're not. We need to be born again. We have a sin nature. And when we're saved, Christ comes within our spirit, man, or woman. Isn't that right? And we are born again and we receive eternal life. But the Christian life is not all about love, joy, peace, and happiness. Let me just say this, though. There is a heaviness that is on our nation. There's a heaviness in this community. Am I right? It's a heaviness. Let me tell you something. God is in the business of, in the worst case scenarios, turning them around for good. Some of you don't believe that. You don't believe that? I think, oh, pastor, it's really, really, it's really, really bad. Light works best in darkness. It's been dark in America. It's been dark in the world, but it's really dark in America. And people think it's only going to get worse. God is going to have the final say in this nation. And people are going to come into the kingdom of God like such you have never seen before. And you're going to look back at this time and you go, yes, it was a kind of a, can I say the word, demarcation, a point in our life. How do remember 9-11 where you were at? This year is going to be one of those years when you look in 10, 15 years from now, and those who, you know, like my son got married, is like, everything got all upheaval, but I still got married. See, it's going to be a year you look back where you think, what did you do in this year? Did you run and hide, or did you, we're, we're doing as a church, we're going to build a new building. That's what we're doing in 2021. <laughs> Amen? We're moving forward. See what I'm saying? And so when the darkest times happen, that's when I think God is looking for his soldiers. And I believe I'm speaking to soldiers here this morning. Men and women, soldiers that are not afraid, that'll stand up for righteous, stand their ground. Amen. And so, but you need to be encouraged, though, in the midst of all of this chaos that sorrow may last the nighttime. How does it, how does it go on the rest of the verse? But joy comes in the morning. Joy is coming for all of you and I. But see, in the midst of it, we can still be joyful. Even though, you know, there's, that's why the Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And this is a season, some of you got to walk around with that garment on in the house, in the kitchen, and you get in the car, even at work if they'll let you, you know, we got to put that garment of praise on. Amen? Ephesians 6, 13. Uh, <clears throat> our text here this morning, therefore... Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, uh-oh, looks like that's here, you may be able to what? Run and hide? You may be able to what? Be silenced by the cancel culture? You may be able to what? No, stand. Come on, someone shout it. Stand your ground. Amen? Actually, in the Greek, it means 
that it's a contrary position against culture. That's what that means to stand your ground. Hmm. Interesting quote by Ben Franklin, uh, one of the founding fathers or constitution, and he said this, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Ouch. Amen. You know, it's just like the children of Israel, children of Israel they, when they were in the wilderness, uh, and it's just human nature. I just, it's just accepted. I even said it's part of human nature. When they were wandered, they ran into difficulty. It was great when all the plagues hit and they were redeemed from, you know, Egypt's power, right? And they leave and they heading to the promised land, which really was a two-week journey, heading into the promised land, and they hit, they hit food issues. Oh, I really miss good food right now. Amen. <laughs> you can only heat up so much, right? You know, restaurants close, and, you know, they say, we have our new menu now. It's like, or now, can you pull out your phone and scan it? You know, it's like, oh, my. <clears throat> but, but, but I just really miss the good food. And so they begin to complain, uh-oh, in the season. They didn't like it. And they actually got to a point, they said, we'd rather go back to slavery. We'd rather go back to Pharaoh under the bondage. At least, watch this, we felt secure. It was the good old days. And some of you, I can just see, I'm reminiscing, oh, the 1950s. With my hat on and the car, you know, that cool, you know, the 69 Camaro, that T-Bird, you know, and the nice weather with some iced tea. Uh, come on, amen? Yeah, we're just, we're, we're, and this is what happens because we're in the state that's saying, how can we continue on in this? Listen, we are coming through this valley. I said, we are coming through this valley, and we're actually most of the way through, to be honest with you. We're coming through. Amen? Don't believe the lies. It's going on forever. No, it's not. God's going to have the final say. Amen? So, uh, so most of us, we are all aware. If you're not, you're living on a different planet. In 16 days, the course of this nation is going to be changed. One way or another. It's going to be determined. There are two very different views for the future. For your future, for my future, for your future, for your family, your children, future for the church in general, this country, for our Supreme Court. There's a lot at stake. Now, very quickly, I just got a paragraph here. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about Romans 13 and what was Paul saying. And, and in this situation where, you know, it says uh, to, to render to Caesar and obey Caesar. And, 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 and we shared that the synagogue rulers, they were the interpreters of the law uh, in Romans 13, 1 through 7. And Paul, what does he do? He's encouraging, watch this, the Gentile believers to, to give respect to them. The synagogue leaders had nothing to do with Rome, had nothing to do with Roman government or any government. How many know that, that not all governments are righteous? Hello. And, and God does not sanction those governments. But Paul, in this context, is speaking to the Gentile believers to give their due respect uh, to the Judean, uh, to, 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 to context to, to the Judean non-believers. And, and so why? Because Paul wanted to have them reached. It was like, you guys need to reach these. This is Israel. Christ came for Israel first. And then, and then God, we saw the dispersion happen and, and Christians went out everywhere. So my text in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, let me just kind of bring that up. And I want to talk to you about this, be able to stand 
your ground. I'll just read kind of the full passage here. It says, finally. Somebody shout, finally. It means henceforth, remaining time. Actually means from now on. It means the rest of the matter. And then it means all the last five chapters I talked about, you better listen to what I'm about to say right now. That's what that word finally means. I actually preached the message, a whole sermon on it. Uh, I actually did 20 weeks on, on just this, this, this uh, one of my lar- longest series, just on spiritual warfare back in the early 2000s. I should probably preach that again. I think we're in some spiritual warfare. Finally, and it says be strong. It actually means to receive a supernatural strengthening. Hear me. Just because there's difficulty and crisis and fear, God's power is not limited for you to receive that supernatural strength, that strengthening in the Lord. That's where it's at. In the Lord, not in the news broadcast, amen? In the Lord, not in all the science and this science. In the Lord is our strength, in his mighty power. Actually, that word in the Greek means kratos or kratos. It means actual demonstrated power. It's that power that raised Jesus from the dead. It means power, that's kratos. It says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. Hmm. For our struggle's not against flesh and blood. Let me say that again. Our struggle's not against the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents. Come on, somebody. Our struggle is not against the science, liberal science, you know. Our struggle is against the devil. Okay, we need to be reminded of this. See, when people are set free from the devil, how many know that our whole countenance changes? Isn't that right? The Gadarean, you know, and he had a lot of demons. When he was cast out, it said he was what? He was sitting he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. There's a lot of demons affecting people today. <laughs> a lot of demons that are out there to kill, to steal, and destroy. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces and evil in the heavenly realms. Hear me, my brothers and sisters. This whole thing about the devil is not a fairy tale. He is alive, and he has at work today. And it's so in your face. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, there's always evil days, but how many know there's always good days? Days of rejoicing, days of victory. But in the evil day, you may be able, he's not saying when the evil day comes, you're gonna fall under, run and hide. He's saying in that day, if you put on the armor of God, how do we put the armor of God on? I remember in Bible school, I had a roommate he was a nice guy, and he was a little odd. He, he never married. He was in his late 40s. He was my roommate. And I was thinking, if I stay here any longer, I'm never going to get married. You know? And he would wake up every morning, and he would just go into each motion. I'm like, what is this guy doing? He put, I said, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I'm putting God's armor on. That's cute for kids, but that's not how you put the armor on. Come on. How you put the armor? How do you know you're clothed in the armor? By virtue of your relationship with Jesus right now. Are you connected? Are you wholehearted in? Are you serving the Lord to the best of your ability? Are you, come on, amen? Are you half-stepping? You in the world with one foot? Or are you just playing? You're, you're juggling both. The Bible says a double-minded man, a double-minded woman will be unstable in all their ways. Preach, Pastor Mike. Well, I believe I will. Stand your ground. It actually, watch this. This is what it means. It's very interesting. To forcefully declare one's personal conviction. Well, we're seeing a lot of hate. We're seeing a lot of violence. We're seeing a lot of cancel culture today. But it's actually when we stand around, we don't be mean. We're not nasty, unloving. But we need to go. It's actually, it means face to face. It means to stand up and say, I'm not going to be afraid. 
This is what God's word says. This is the conviction I feel the Holy Spirit. And we're going to, be, we're going to stand up for what's right. Can I get an amen? amen? Face to face. So if you haven't noticed, we're dealing with a lot of up in your face spiritual warfare in our nation. It's a spiritual battle. Here's the thing. Satan hates mankind. Let me personalize it. Satan hates you and I. And so in order to infiltrate and inflict death and pain on humanity, that's what he wants. Devil doesn't want to be your friend. Heard one time some guy said this, well, if I go all in, then the devil will notice and he'll be mad. Let me tell you something. The moment you name the name of Christ, he's after you. He's after all of humanity. He wants to take those that are God-haters. He wants to take them to hell. That's his heart. That's his desire. To inflict death and pain upon humanity, and even just outside influencing individuals personally, watch as he works through human systems of power where he can execute his will of death and destruction upon God's creation. That's you and I. That's why he seeks power in human systems, i.e. governments. You say, I don't believe that. Wow, 2 Corinthians 3, 4. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, the God, small g, of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. You know that word blinded, it actually in the Greek, it's tufolo. It actually means to make blind. Watch this. Having a cloudy perspective or blowing smoke in your face. <laughs> I remember one time, it was actually the last time we were at New Orleans in Mardi Gras, right there on Bourbon Street, and my daughter Destiny was with, and, and Rhonda, and we were witnessing, we're right there on Bourbon Street, and it's, it's chaos, there's people there, and so this girl comes with this guy, and I thought they were together, never assumed that, and because the moment I asked her, so oh, is this your boyfriend? She snarked, what well, is my boyfriend? He's just with me, and she's smoking, I think she was from Sweden. And she's like, standing here with the sign. She's very condescending. And so I began to witness to her, and I told Destiny, you know, get him. So Destiny started talking to him and, and tried to keep him occupied. He kept saying, just like the devil, let's go, let's go, let's get out of here. Let, let's go, let's get out of here. And you know, to listen to this, and Destiny kind of occupied him. She did great. And I remember just sharing, start talking to her about Christ, and sharing the gospel, taking down, and all the while she's... <laughs> Talk about <laughs> coughing. And so I just, I let him blow. I just let her just, just blow. And, and the more I hit, hit, the cigarette dried up. The ash fell down. She dropped the cigarette and she gave her life to Christ. In that moment. See, Satan is blowing a lot of smoke right now, but you got to stand your ground. You just stand your ground. That ash will come down. That cigarette will drop. That whole thing. And he's like, I cannot defeat the name of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Now you're waking up this morning. See, Satan, he's blowing smoke, and a lot of Christians are blinded today, and so we don't want to be of that. Amen? So very quickly, two responses, and I'm just going to hit the first one, and the second one I'll talk about, but then we'll continue, Lord willing, because I'll wrap it up here in a moment. We're going to pray. But number one in this season is the season to stand up, to be clothed in God's armor, to not be found naked in this moment, to draw near. This is a season to draw near. This is a season of exposure. It's yes, we're being tried. And it's a season where the Lord's saying, how you been living? How you been living? You know, like, well, I really haven't been living for you, Lord. I kind of have you up there as the man upstairs, but I haven't wholly surrendered my life to you. How do I do that? We'll talk about that at the end. <clears throat> uh, I have a little illustration here. You know, how many remember back in, uh, 
Oh, remember the days in the fall of 2019, uh, the good old days, you know, before all this craziness. But uh, that the 2020 was what? It was called a year of division, right? 2020, we're coming into vision, and, and there was a lot of prophetic things about the prophets that they looked through, and, and this is a year that God is going to show you great things for you, and this is a year he's going to unveil his purpose and plan. Come on, have somebody hear any of that? I, I follow that stuff. Like, okay, okay, 2020, we're coming to the year. It's a year that God's going to move on your behalf. He's going to show you marvelous things about what his great and mighty plan is for you and the good things for you, and, and then COVID hits. And you say, that was all a lie. Oh, no. Those words were very accurate. Why? See, because it isn't that as us looking out the binoculars, God said, I am looking this way at you, 2020. See, 2020 sure is about vision. And it's about God shining his light on every single one. I mean, I feel God in here. He's shining his light on every single one of us. And he's focusing in, saying, where are you at? Are you part of the Gideon's army? Are you part of the 22,000 said, I don't want to fight and go to war? See, see, because we have to be in spiritual sense, hear me, in a spiritual sense, militant about the things of God. All right, not, 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 I'm not natural. In the spiritual sense, we have to have made up minds. You don't go into war thinking, I don't know, am I going to fight or not? I mean, maybe I'll talk my enemy out. You have to be focused. And God is shining, not this way, this way honor our lives. Let me see that say amen. So there's a clarity, there's a vision that God is shining his light on our lives personally and saying, you know what? Where are you at? Like Joshua, choose you this day whom you're going to serve because what I'm about to do and unleash on America in the kingdom of God is going to flourish. Can I count on you in this season? Hmm, interesting. It's a season to expose who we are as people it's a season of magnification of our spirit man or spirit woman. It's a season of spiritually locating us individually. You know what I find amazing? Some have been, Christians have been saved 10, 20, 30 years. What happens when you go to church? What kind of songs do you sing? God is an overcomer. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll be not moved by a spirit of fear. And great is the Lord. And, you know, an almighty God. All these songs of great things, the mighty God. And COVID hits. You know, we're hiding, hiding in a bushel somewhere. Frightened out of our minds. Oh, Pastor, you know what's going on. I sure do know what's going on. And the devil is out to put fear in our lives and stop the kingdom of God move forward. But he cannot. I say he cannot in Jesus' name. He will not. Why? Because we are standing strong. We're standing our ground. Um, so it's a season of exposure. Interesting, in Mark chapter 14, verses 51 and 52, there's a very interesting event that occurred uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane the night Jesus was betrayed. And it says this. I'll just pull up this verse. It's very interesting. It says, a young man doesn't name who he is. He says, a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. And so when these soldiers came in, watch this, they seized him, and it said he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. I've got another little illustration for you all here this morning. <laughs> Here's my linen garment. My linen garment. Doesn't really match my... Here we go. So, so he's carrying his linen garment. You know linen garments, if you study that, are, they're very expensive, but you know what they're for? The burial of the dead. 
Why in the world is this guy wearing a dead man's garment? <laughs> and it's interesting, as I studied some commentaries, not all, but watch this. Ready? Ready? Remember Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? Woo! You know, Mary and Martha, if you would have only been here, did a few more days, you know, he waits. Like, come on, Jesus, don't you know? If you would have came, he would have survived. And he goes, I have power of life in death. He raises this guy who's wrapped in linen garment. And he comes out, you know, hobbling. I actually walked in Lazarus tomb. It's there in Bethlehem. I went there and I walked down very narrow steps. It's like, it was hard enough if you had both hands hanging onto a rail. There was no rails back then. I, I walked up and I'm like, this is where they buried him? Yeah, this is where they believed. It was all these narrow steps and he came up because he was wrapped. And he said, they said, loose him and let him go. You know what? Some commentators say that who this man was is actually Mark. He's the only one that mentions He's the only one that mentions this incident. It was him. He was the one that had the linen garment. And where did he get it? Many commentators said he got it, oh, from Lazarus. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? He had the miracle and he was building his life on someone else's faith in that moment. So he wanted to remember. What a, and what a powerful thing to walk around. Boy, would I love to have like a thorn from the crown of Christ. Come on, somebody. Or, you know, a little jar or something, even a lock of the hair. Or, you know, you, I know there's a lot of crazy things about that. But, you know, it's just this, they've written books and stuff about it. You know, the soldier that stabbed him with the blood and he could never die. And some of that stuff is fascinating. But I wonder, you know, he's the king. Amen. I mean, this power. But, 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 you know, so he had this garment to remind him. The beauty, like, hey, here comes Mark. Look at look what I got. I got the linen garment on me. And this Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. It's like, wow. And then the dark hour comes. Then the hour of difficulty. Then the time to stand. And he only has on a linen garment. And then the soldiers come and grab him. What does he do? I'm out of here. Wow. Do you know, what does that mean? I think there's a spiritual picture, and I'm not going to fold this all neatly. My wife can do that later. But I believe there's a spiritual picture. She's immaculate for folding. She's the best folder. <laughs> she really is. I don't know why I said that, but I've always loved that about you. She can fold things better than the store. I'm like, my drawers, you open them up, it's like, wow! A commanding general will go, good job, son. It's my wife. <laughs> Love you, honey. Well, it could be better just take this and throw it in there. <laughs> I love that about that's a positive thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Moving right along. If you see a picture of me doing my own laundry, you know I mean. <laughs> Wearing nothing but a linen garment. He was sleeping with it. What happens? It's time. He's wearing a dead man's clothing and it's time to start to stand up and he flees and he's naked. You know what? God does not want us to be a people that's, that's naked, but clothed, spiritually speaking. Amen? You know, because a lot of times nakedness in the Bible is related to, or associated to shame. Why? The Bible says the naked cannot stand in front of God or be in his presence. It says when nakedness is uncovered, sin is revealed. Judge and punish. We see that with Adam and Eve at the beginning, first example. Before that, when there was no sin, they were not ashamed. Sin comes in, they saw their nakedness, and they were not covered. Let me see that. And it talks about 
uh, uh, it's better understood, this nakedness symbolism, when we, uh, it is seen as the opposite of being clothed, expressed. Israel was naked when they, when they sinned, and Ezekiel talks about that. And then very quickly, just on this point before we kind of conclude here, for as many as you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This is the season to have Christ on. It's not the season to be building your faith off of someone else's ex experience. Amen? This is the season to walk around with what you wear, you're clothed with, that is your faith in Christ, that you're solid. It's not mommy and daddy's, it's you and you alone. That's for mom, that's for dad, that's for grandpa, grandma, young person. It's for you alone. Where is your relationship with the Lord? Where are you at? It's a season of location. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, it says... For in this body we grow longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Wow. So we're not to be uh, uh, in this season found naked. We're to be clothed with Christ. Can you say amen? Then the second thing, and I'm going to end with this here, and we'll continue, Lord willing, but we are to not only be clothed this season, but we are to stand our ground. And it's, I'm going to get into it a little bit uh, next week with this cancel culture, but how do remember the story in the Old Testament about Queen Esther? What a powerful, powerful uh, story, and, and, and it's, it's actually a quick read through that book. But in chapter four, we know a little bit of the story about Mordecai, Basically, an uncle that kind of was watching over here, uh, he appeals to Esther because, you know, we, we know the story about Haman. He has a death sentence. He worked the king over, and they're going to kill all the Jews. She's a Jew. Haman's going to be killed. And, and then in verse 13 in Esther, chapter 4, watch this. I'm, there's a lot put down right there. But it said, Mordecai sent back to her this reply. She's with, because she's the queen right now. She has influence. It was a season for her to do one of two things. Watch this. Do not imagine, Mordecai, boy, he had some insight. He said, do not imagine, talking to Esther, that because you're in the king's palace, you alone, you're saved, you alone will escape the fate of all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, too long the church had been silent. Too long we've been silent. It's like, you know what, abortion, there's 60 million babies, Oh, well, it doesn't really matter who is the next president who gets in. If they're against it, if they're for full-term abortion, it's okay. It doesn't matter. The blood of those babies are on our nation. It's too long we've been silent. Let me tell you, I'm hearing pastors, I'm hearing Catholic priests speak out. I'm hearing people or the church is rising up saying, you know what? No, no more. <clears throat> too long. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I don't want that. I want God to move in this nation. Can I get an amen? But you and your father's house will perish. Uh-oh. And who knows, this is a word for all of us, if perhaps you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Stand with me if you would, please. For such a time as this. You know, when I think about that, he's basically saying, in other words, hey, Esther, if you don't speak up now, someone will. And don't think you're exempt. Do not think you're exempt. Even though you may be afraid of the cancel culture, and it is a vicious, vicious, nasty, demonic mob that wants to just tear down, tear down God's truth in our nation. Maybe, Queen Esther, you were put here at this time in history in 2020. I, I, that right there, that statement, I've been mulling over the last few months, and it became increasingly clear. Now, I don't hear God audibly. 
I have never heard the audible voice of the Lord. When people say they hear it every day, okay, okay, I don't, okay? But when I read his word, I hear God. In the more, come on somebody, the more word in me that's in my spirit man, when I'm walking, how many of you know God can base his speaking to me based on the truth of his word, and in my spirit man, I hear the Lord, okay? And this is what I felt he said. He said, son, because I, I was really frustrated when we made the announcement last fall about not building the church. Don't remember that? You heard me talk about that. But then we announced two weeks ago, we're building, we're moving forward, amen. But I was kind of like, God, why you waited for 20 years? And why did you wait to probably one of the worst times ever? Because if you ask someone today, and it's been going out, people have been chattering, going out, going out to the community, and people come up to me, hey, you guys are building? Yep, we're finally pulling the trigger. Wow, this is a strange time to be doing that. I mean, hello, have you been looking? What? Wow, it's unsettled times. God said, I waited and held you, church, for 20 years. That's what he said to me. For this moment. Why? Because this moment is the moment I want to shine. This is the moment where I want the lost to see, oh my God, they're building a church in a season of fear. What do they have in that church? What do those people have? Who are those people? Because whatever they have, I want it. Because I'm full of fear right now and I'm fearful of my life, my future, everything. But it must be something overcoming within that church body. That's you and me. What is it? It's Jesus. And Jesus is not afraid. I said, well, all right, God. That was a long 20 years, but we're ready. I said, we're ready. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Overcoming. This is a season for us, I believe, to step out. Every head bowed, please. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, you've hit on a few things that really convicted me. I haven't been all in. Those of you maybe listening by Facebook or, Facebook or online, you're not all in. You're not 100%. You're not serving the Lord. He said, what do you mean? That means I don't sin? No, not at all. Hey, listen, everyone sins. I mess up. But what do I do? I draw near to God. I repent. I say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. I begin afresh and anew. If I fall, I fall forward. And I gain six, six foot one inch. Amen? Or however tall you are. <laughs> you move forward. You don't wallow in the past. Christ forgives you. Move forward in the things of God. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. We move forward in the things of God. He does not call us to be draw back with a drawback spirit. Can I get an amen? You say, Pastor, I'm here, and I'm not right with God. i got to get my life right with every head bowed. You say, will you pray for me? Those of you online, we pray for me. I need to make up my mind. Today is the day I'm making up my mind. Whatever state you may be in, whatever country you may be in, you have not wholly followed God. This is the day the Lord is saying, this is your day. Now is your time to go all in. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready. I want to lead us in a prayer of repentance. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God, and that's most important. Some of you got a lot of heavy things in your life right now. And even as Christians, you've bought into the fear, the terror lie, and it's crippled your faith. And God is trying to bring healing in your life and bring you back. I'm going to address that in a moment. But say this with me this morning. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Thank you for saving me. I will serve you all the days of my life. Amen. 
Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to help you. We want to encourage you along the way. We've got materials for you to bless you and to help get you plugged in. And now for the remainder of us, as we conclude the service here this morning, I just want to speak against. There's a lot going on where the enemy is unleashing a lot. But when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard. There's, there's, there's health issues, there's family issues, there's kids issues, there's school uh, kids issues, there's work issues, there's tremendous loss, there's so many issues that affected us, that have stricken us all in many ways. I just want to encourage you, if you stay connected to the vine, you stay connected to Jesus, and you stand. So Pastor, it's, oh, I, I don't even know if I can say anything. Stand. Having done all, stand is the admonition in the Word. And that's my encouragement to you all. Stay in the Word of God. Stay around praise. Stay around, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ that are, that are going to encourage you on and not drag you down and lift you up. Come on. Amen. You have to filter what you listen to. <laughs> we all do. I just want to encourage you. Stand in this season and watch and see what God will do in each and every one of your lives because we are coming through this in Jesus' name.